You're listening to the podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Emelin Ramos. So we just did three shows at NJPAC, New Jersey Performing Arts Center, this past weekend. And it was three shows that you were, in theory, working for me. Oh, yeah, I did. I was off, and I came to enjoy the shows with you, and you had me working. I was doing music. So what happened was I needed somebody to help me with the audio, right, to hit all the music cues. And we couldn't find somebody. So rather than panic, I thought, you know what? La doctora is coming up with me to New Jersey. Rather than have her, what, sitting backstage or in the audience, I'll just put you in the booth. And you know the show, so what better person to help me than you? Or instead of paying someone, why don't I just have La Doctora do it? That's another way to put it, a very good way to put it, because, yes, when I calculated the numbers, I thought, wait, that's that's just money that I can keep for myself. You're right, but it all worked out. I mean, I do know the show, and I know how you like to work. So when you say, I know how you like to work, can you elaborate on that? Well, you're very strict, and you like things done a certain way, your way, the right way. And I've already heard you say to people multiple times how you like things done. Um, to me, it's common sense. I know it's weird, but it's like he just told you to do this. Just do it. How hard can it be? Literally, I sit there and I'm like, how hard can it? Why do people mess this up? Like, how have your texts messed this up in the past? Seriously. You're referring to like when they don't hit the music at the right time or when they cut it out too early or when they don't turn the lights on. I, I asked myself that same question. Now, I know I'm difficult. I know I am. But it's because I'm a perfectionist and I want to put the best show possible uh, on stage. Yeah, exactly. If you don't hit the music at the right time, if the sound is off, if the lighting is off, it ruins your flow, doesn't it? Like, doesn't it upset you? Exactly. I mean, recently somebody talked to us about John Linguizamo's show in Chicago and how they messed up his, like, sounds and his lighting and stuff and how, how upset he was. At that level, you should not be screwing anybody's show up. Yes, but I also learned in my off-Broadway run that something's always going to happen. So through the years, I've just become accustomed to things going wrong, okay? But see, the thing is that no matter how prepared I am, I can still be upset about it. In other words, backstage, you know, let me let me at least yell at you for a few minutes to get it out of my system. Don't also expect me to be so okay with it that I'm no longer upset because I still care about the product that I put forward to the audience. Yeah, it's one thing for the computer to mess up or the battery to give out or something like that. But when it's more human error, it's like, what are you, aren't you paying attention? And everybody, he did not yell at me. He, you know, I did everything like I was supposed to do. <laughs> I was a good worker for him this weekend. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I don't mind that people think of me as being a perfectionist. Because if you're an audience member at my show, I want you to be treated to the best show you've ever seen. That's just the expectation that I set for myself, and that's the expectation that I set for my staff. But I just thought it was really cool that you were, you know, a member of my staff, and I did pretty good. You know why? Because you did really good. Thank you. <laughs> I was nervous the whole time, I just want you to know, because when I knew that a cue was coming up, I could literally feel my heart like beat out of my chest. I was so nervous that I would accidentally like hit the key like before I was supposed to or that the arrow wouldn't move or I, I just, nene, you don't understand how stressful it was. But hold on. You know that if you would have messed up, I wouldn't have been mad. I mean, you're stepping in for somebody that we were supposed to get, right? And you also know that even if something had gone wrong, I'm going to play it off. I will never, and I have never, 
uh, gone after somebody, one of my tags, or or ridiculed them, or made fun of them. Never, right? I, you know, I have fun with it. I improvise. It's just that backstage, I kind of want to know what happened. If somebody goes, "Yo, listen, there was a malfunction or whatever," then I go fine. But if the guy goes, "Hey, listen, man, I, you know, I had to go get something to eat, or I was busy texting my girl," then I'll be like, "Yo, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're letting me hang out there to dry." For me, it's accountability. I, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. As long as we're all on the same page, we're good. Remember that one time I had a show in Tampa and the lights went out. In the middle of the show, the lights went out. What had happened was that a car had hit a light post a block away and had knocked all the electricity out for like two or three blocks. And there was no light. Obviously, I'm not going to get mad, right? Things happen. It's the times, man, when I've had people help me in my show and they just have like mental lapses. And that's when I'm like, well, maybe, you know, you shouldn't be working in theater because everything happens live. You know what I mean? There is no like, can we do that again? So everybody needs to be on their toes. So when I have that kind of commitment, right, it reflects on the show. It reflects on the overall product and everybody has a great time. I used to mind, like in the past, I used to be like, oh, I don't want to be that guy that's hard to work with. I don't want to be a perfectionist, you know, because you, you want to be liked by everybody, not just the audience, but the people that you work with. And so you're always kind of conscious of that. But it got to the point where I said, you know what? No, I'm a perfectionist. I demand a lot from myself, and it's okay to demand a lot from the people that I work with, right? It, it's just like last week's podcast. It needs to be okay. It's okay, you know? And let me tell you something. The staff at NJ Pack was amazing and they just loved working with you. And, you know, they thought that the show was amazing and the, all the ushers in the background were like laughing. I don't think they've seen anything like that there. I think they really, truly enjoyed it. All right. So this past weekend, speaking of the staff at NJ Pack, it was the first time that I think I felt like a celebrity. That's how professional they were. As soon as I stepped out of the dressing room, they were opening doors. They were on like their their headpieces, like uh, he's coming out, uh, Mr. Castro is approaching the stage. Like I felt like I was going to go on The Tonight Show. That's how incredibly uh, professional they were. They were on point from the lighting guy to the sound guy to the stage manager guy. Every single person was absolutely on point. Like I felt like I was performing at another level. And, and technically, you were working at that level. Una doctora working at a union shop at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. That's big time for you, ma. Okay? You didn't learn about that in med school. No, that's definitely not something I learned in med school, not how to, like, take cues and push buttons and stuff. But nonetheless, I enjoyed it, and it was a great time. And I, I love being able to help you in that way. I know that, that you don't expect that from me, and you never – that's not – I don't think that's really what you want, but I, I, I'm grateful when I'm able to help you in those ways. And you kept times of the shows, which is amazing, right? Because I always want to know how long my first half was, how long my second half was. Oh, and I also got to, like, tell them when to turn the lights on. They were waiting for me to, like, say go or stop or, you know, which is all pretty cool. Yeah, you were, in essence, the, the director of the show because you knew not only the sound cues, but the lighting cues as well. You were running NJ Pack. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand the, the importance of your role? You were not just the actor's fiance, you were the director of the show. <laughs> when you put it that way, I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Who didn't get paid a dollar. That's what makes it all the more special. It's all good. It's entre familia. You know I love you. And, and this is this is for us, so it's no big deal, you know? I just hope you keep that same attitude if we ever get a divorce. Nene, we haven't even gotten married and you're talking about divorce. <laughs> true, true, that's true. So we want to acknowledge some of our friends that came out this weekend to the show who love to listen to the podcast. 
Yeah, and that's important because it's reflective of the different types of people that were at the show. So, Justin Roig, what's up from El Podcast? Wepa! Justin Roig, by the way, came out very well dressed. He had the gorrita, the jibaro gorra, right? And he had like that graduation sash, but it was of the Puerto Rican flag. I mean, how often do you see a teenager like dressed up, you know, listens to your podcast? just proud of his culture and comes out to laugh with his parents and his family and enjoys it. You know, you don't see that enough. No, you don't. But uh, seeing Justin dressed up like that, it, it made my night. He looks so good looking. I mean, very nice and dapper, very proper. We're so proud of him. And also Sebastian and Giovanni Correa. Yes. So Giovanni is nine years old. His little brother, Sebastian, is six. Cutest little kids. Okay. They listen to the podcast and they sat through a two and a half hour show. Oh, 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 and they stood in line just to say hi. How cute was that? They were so cute. And they even took pictures with me, which I appreciated because, you know, I love kids. But they were so cute. Like, I can't believe that a six-year-old sat through your show, you know? Where nowadays you see these kids that they have like this little attention span. But he sat through it and he laughed and he enjoyed himself. And that's what we love to see. And I know that that's what drives you. The fact that families come out to see you. Yes, but I just couldn't believe that they wanted to take a picture with my sound guy, which which was you, right? Yes, but I was also the director of the show. That's true. Okay, you keep bringing that up. Um, We're not going to like negotiate your salary now. It's over. Um, But, you know, you got to comment on this because this was not the first time that people were asking to take pictures with you, which is like growing more and more. The more I take you out on the road with me. People like ask to take pictures with me and then they say, can I take a picture with la doctora also? Yeah, I get that all the time. And then they want to take a picture with you. And then I feel like a little jealous. Right. So then I kind of sneak in. I kind of photobomb so I could still be in the picture. But you're like becoming this celebrity. Are you are you aware of that? No, I guess I'm not really aware of that, but I am very humbled by it. And I appreciate the love. Like I I love that people associate us and they associate uh, you with me and and me with la doctora and and that people tell us that they see us live and that they enjoy seeing us live when we go live on facebook and it's all very surreal to be totally honest with you well when i brought you out on stage after the show people reacted like they had seen a celebrity i mean i was like okay calmate all right she's just la doctora but they love you i appreciate all the love and you know just keep it coming we love it and we want to give you more and i know ellie wants to give you more and he wants to give you the best content available and and you know we're just we just enjoy making everybody smile and be happy could you imagine if we broke up again we haven't even gotten married yet and you're talking about breaking up or being divorced get the pasta okay okay fair enough okay all right so we want to mention uh, uh two more people we want to mention uh mr and mrs matos anna matos and her husband from rhode island yes and she actually introduced herself as la doctora she goes i'm his la doctora yes yeah, she's um i believe she got her phd in health sciences so she is la she is a doctora of health sciences and they drove four hours to see you come on four hours like that's impressive i wouldn't drive four hours to see nobody you know what i mean four hours to see a comedy show if that doesn't humble you you know what i mean nothing will like when people tell me that how long they you know they drove or or how they had to say you know spend the night or make a trip of it or make a weekend of it that's incredibly humbling because i know i would never do the same for anybody 
I just want your audience to know that you appreciate everything that people do to like get to see you, what they do, what they go through to get to be able to watch you or come out and see your shows, that it is appreciated. Yes, you buy tickets and yes, we appreciate you, you, you doing that. But the fact that people get up, drive, you know, we appreciate that. That's appreciated. We want our, our fans to know that. <laughs> which is exactly why I want my show to be perfect. Do it. Which is exactly why you were so nervous before every cue. Because we really want that experience to be worth that four-hour trip or that overnight stay or, or bringing the kids. We want people to see a perfect show. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was interesting that given the last episode of a podcast called Kids Are Us, where we talk about having kids, that we found ourselves at my little brother's gender reveal party. Yeah. And can you believe that nobody asked us if we were having kids? Yeah. I mean, we were ready, right? We were ready with our answer. I don't know. That's right. We would have said, I don't know. And we would have been like, and we're okay with it. That has to be okay. But nobody asked us. What did you think about the food, though? That's a really good question because it was Italian. And normally you can't go wrong with Italian. But this place is not the best. Yet it's an Italian restaurant. Like it's supposed to be amazing Italian food. And you've had the chicken parmesan twice from that place now. And it has not been good. Well, the last time we were there was for the baby shower, wasn't it? And so now we were here for the for the gender reveal of the second baby. I guess this is like their restaurant. This is like kind of like where they frequent. Um, but the chicken parmesan, it just tasted like what you would like eat at like a school cafeteria. You know what I mean? Like it's chicken, but not really. You know, when you cut it and the inside looks really smooth, it looked like as smooth as a flan. You know what I mean? And you know chicken on the inside is not supposed to look like a flan. Yeah, so um, I just stuck to the bread. We ate a lot of bread. That's true. Before the food came out, I knew to, you know, load up on bread because, you know, I was probably not going to eat a lot of chicken parmesan. And I was right. I only ate like like the corners and stuff, you know, because it didn't have a lot of the chicken. It had a lot of the breading. Como que la comida no, no tenía sabor. Yeah, and the sauce también was kind of bland. It was just bad. And the pasta was horrible. The pasta was like, I you talk about no sabor. What's, what's less than no sabor? That's what the pasta tasted like. It was like, I think water probably had more flavor than that pasta. They need to be introduced to like some sofrito. That would spice things up a little bit for them. Or we could just have the next party at a Puerto Rican restaurant. That'd be nice. I really like that. Sofrito. 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 Something that happened that was really fun was we got to spend time with my mentor, my cousin Esteban, who is somebody that I've looked up to for a very long time. He has a uh, PhD. He's a scientist. He graduated from Harvard. He's funny. He's amazing. He's, you know, he's like my idol. And he lived in Spain for a long time, so he's got like that Spanish accent that we love. 
yeah, he's just a great guy. But I also found out that he's kind of uh, recently started dating. And he was telling me about kind of his um, adventures in dating life. And me as a concerned, you know, mentee, I thought I could help out. Yeah, because, you know, dating nowadays can be very difficult, especially when you get older. And he's he's older than the, the two of us. So and so it's nice to see kind of his perspective on things and what he's going through at his age. So we decided to open up a match account, right? Because that's what you're supposed to do, right? When you get older in age to to start dating. I mean, that's the thing to do nowadays is just to open up online dating. It's all about online dating right now. So we opened up an account for him and uh, probably within what? A few hours? More like minutes. You had hits already. Yeah, exactly. And we got him two dates. Two dates, which I will update everybody on next week's podcast so we're keeping our fingers crossed because i got a a six month uh subscription to match i'm not getting i'm not paying for more than that that's enough like if i can't get him a, a girlfriend in six months then i'm shutting it down i can't wait to hear about his dating adventures and what what happens with his what happens on these dates because he said he's looking for like an older woman now who's comfortable in her skin because apparently esteban used to like to date younger women well, his last wife, right, his second wife, was 26 years younger, and it didn't go well. So, you know, Esteban, being incredibly smart, thought, you know what? Maybe it's the age difference. Let me find somebody my age. So what I do is I'll message these women, right, very generic, very safe, right? And then once I nail the date, then I screenshot the messages so that he knows what we've been talking about, and then he's on his own. It's a perfect system. I set him up, and then he takes it from there. Can't wait. Dating adventures with Esteban. More info to come on all this. Speaking of compatibility, I decided to look up some horoscopes, okay, uh, in honor of Walter Mercado, who uh, passed away recently, and, you know, we, we started talking about, you know, Esteban and, and finding him the perfect match. So I thought, let me read about my zodiac sign. I'm a Taurus, okay? Tauro. Here's what I found. Taurus are famous for the stubbornness. That is spot on. Okay. Uh, and and they share traits of beauty, artistry, hedonism, and a love of luxury and comfort. But you know what? They're pretty accurate so far. Then it says that Taurus are actually pretty good people to be around. I would have to agree. You are very fun to be around with. That almost sounded like optimistic. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it sounded like I'm good to be around with uh, most of the time. If you're in a good mood. If you're not being stubborn. If the show goes well. If nobody makes a mistake. Yeah, there we go. Okay, check this out. Who is Taurus compatible with? Who are they attracted to? I hope that my zodiac sign is on there. What is your zodiac sign? I am an Aries. Aries. Okay, check this out. Ready? Well, it says a Taurus is more attracted to Scorpios and Pisces. Ooh. They got it all wrong, just so you know, because I am neither of those. So there's got to be something wrong with that. Keep reading. Keep reading. See what they say. This one says, what is a Taurus soulmate? Like, who is the soulmate of a Taurus? Okay. Their ideal soulmate is someone who is confident and not afraid to take great risks. I took a big risk on you. So, yes, that's me. I don't care if I'm not on the Zodiac sign. That's me. <laughs> so when you when you say you took a great risk, go ahead and elaborate just in case people don't know. Well, I moved from Chicago to Florida. I basically just packed up my car and left. Um, I left everybody behind. 
not that you're throwing that in my face in any way, right? I mean, you it's not like you bring that up, you know, just to really rub it in. No, no, actually, I don't. Actually, you mention it more than, than I would. Yeah, because just like I would never drive four hours to see a show, I would never pack up a car and move a thousand miles with somebody. <laughs> If it were for me, you would. Okay, moving on. All right, it says here, it says here, potential soulmates, Leo, Sagittarius, Aquarius, and Aries. Dale, you see, you hit it on the head, Papa. It says, a soulmate will be loyal and romantic who sees the Taurus as the center of the world. the center of my life papa you know i love you <laughs> you see that and that's why we're together you are the sunshine of my life that's why i'll always be around all right check this out you'll love this one what do you do when a taurus is mad at you almost sounds like uh it almost sounds like a line of a song Right? What do you do when a Taurus is mad at you? What do you do? Before I read the expert answer, uh, how would you answer that? You run. Why would you? That, that's not even, nobody knows that you're kidding. Stop. <laughs> what, why would you do that? Um, you prepare for a hard fight. Again, what you, you're giving people the worst impression of me. Like, come on. Come on. You prepare for a really hard fight? What is wrong with you? You better come with your A game. Again, stop. Uh, come with your A game. You're making me look like this, like, I, like I'm some evil, mean monster. Well, Again, the question was, what do you do when a Taurus is mad at you? You just tell them that they're right. Oh, my God. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop giving you an opportunity to answer. I'm feeling worse about myself. The experts say, number one, Remain calm. That is really good advice. Yeah, that should have been the first thing I said. Just stay calm. Don't panic. Don't panic. You know, control your breathing, control your heart rate, and don't panic. So basically, uh, uh, me getting mad is like the equivalent of like a hurricane. A volcano about to erupt. So, okay. So basically, I'm the equivalent of a natural disaster. Is that what you're saying? When I get mad, I'm like a natural disaster. Remain calm. The tornado's coming. Oh, my God, whatever. It says, keeping calm when your angry Taurus fella is lashing out at you can be quite difficult at times. It is, but you just have to stick your ground. And, and you have to really think. And like I said, be on your A game. Just tell it how it is and don't hold back. That's the A game? That, that does not sound like the A game. The A game would be not to do those things because that would only anger the Taurus fella. That's why I said just tell them that they're right because they just want to know that they're right. So you just give it to them. Just say, you're right. Okay, you're right, Papa. Okay, you're right. Wait, hold on. Wait, so you're patronizing me now? <laughs> not at all. I'm just thinking in general, broad, like all men, kind of. No, not now I'm like all men. <laughs> no, you're a special man, that's for sure. Okay. It also says, check this out. Try to see his side of things and try to find out the reason why your Taurus man is angry. You have told me that before. Like, ask me why I was upset. Don't just get upset because I'm upset. Ask me why I'm mad. Okay, I think we should wrap this up because it's starting to this is starting to sound like a couple's therapy session. Uh last two things it advises. Ready? It says apologize if necessary, which I find it interesting because hearing you, it seems like apologizing is necessary. You should apologize, especially if you're wrong. But I know with you, 
apologize once and that's it. Don't say it again. Okay, this whole show is starting to reveal way too many things about me. I need you to kind of keep some between us, okay? And lastly, the last advice. You ready for this? Make him some good food. Okay, I got to work on that one. Yeah, because you know about, you know, ordering some good food. Yeah, I can Uber Eats for you anytime, baby. You're really good at that, by the way. Yeah, thank you. And you know, when you need something, I just call me and I will order it for you. And it will be there within 25 to 35 minutes. So if we ever get in a fight... And you go and you lock yourself up in the bathroom and you're crying, you're probably getting me something to eat on Uber Eats. Yes, um, Huey Magoo's spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> and then texting me an apology. Sorry, but only once, okay? <laughs> Again, you know, um, I am not that bad of a guy, okay? We all have our flaws, okay? It's just that you seem to have aired all of mine out on this episode. Everybody's flawed. I'm just learning and making sure that I repeat it to myself so that when I'm in that situation again, I learn from my prior mistakes. That's all. Okay. I just feel like um, we just exposed all of my flaws is what I'm saying, okay? So, um, you know what? You snore. I do, and I'm sorry. You just apologized. (laughs) You just apologized for snoring. That's it. I'm not going to say I'm sorry anymore today. You just said it again. I'm sorry. Stop. <laughs> and that was it. podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Emeline Ramos. For more information on my shows, me gente, you can go to EllieCastro.com and you can follow me on social media under Ellie Castro Comedy. Remember, mi gente, life is so much better when you're laughing. And not apologizing. Not apologizing. Okay, enough. I got it. I'm sorry. Stop. Te envío en este momento mis bendiciones. Que Dios me los bendiga a todos hoy, mañana y siempre. Y que reciban de mí siempre paz, mucha paz. Pero sobre todo, mucho, 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 mucho amor. <laughs> <laughs>